Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Yousefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Hey, Ian. Hey, babe. What's up? How are you feeling about Bitcoin today? Um, feeling good. Why do you ask? Well, I want like a specific feeling. Like, are you feeling excited, hopeful? Are you in the like, I told you so mood? I mean, I'm not in an I told you so mood, but you know, I'm building more conviction. As convinced as I am about Bitcoin to start a podcast, <laughs> you can still build more conviction. And I've, I've been building a lot lately. So what are like the top three things that have happened recently that are helping you build that conviction? I don't really have a list per se, but the main thing is the conversations about Bitcoin have have changed recently and the changes seem to be sticking, namely around the idea of Bitcoin being something equivalent to gold. That's probably the oldest argument that's been made about Bitcoin. And then there's always been people with pushback saying that it's, it's worth nothing and all this fun stuff and gold you can touch and hold, right? And with what's been going on in the world, it's just becoming clear to more and more people why Bitcoin is something you you might need in your life. And when you say what's been going on in the world, you mean... What's going on with Russia and Ukraine? Like, that's a pretty big deal. What's going on in Turkey right now? Turkey's got like 70, 80% inflation year over year. The inflation that's running rampant here right, in America. 8%. <laughs> right, like we just printed 8.5% 8. 8. inflation. Last time we had that inflation, I was not alive. The last time this happened, we had a lot more tools at our disposal to solve the problem. And we don't have those tools anymore. But I believe that one of those tools is Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say what pushed me mentally to really start paying attention to Bitcoin is because I do see the value of the dollar just constantly dropping. Everything is more expensive. Yeah. And people have been like incorrectly programmed to think that it's it's good for certain things to go up in cost, but other things to not go up in cost. People want their houses to go up in value, mm -hmm. but they don't want the price of gas to go up. The reasons they go up are the exact same reasons. You don't get to pick and choose which ones are good or bad. The cognitive dissonance that a lot of people are having with inflation where you might be seeing your house prices going up, <laughs> like the home value going up, but everything else is going up. But it's like, well, I'm not really this equity that I'm building is actually not worth anything because it's going to be eaten up by everything else. Exactly. And I think when it was at like one, two, three percent a year, people didn't see it that way. But when you see it at 8.5 and then think about that happening for four or five years, that's scary to a lot of people. It's frightening. If you haven't been thinking about this happening and you weren't prepared for it mentally, let alone financially, the next decade is going to be stressful. And I think that Bitcoin is going to be one of those tools that people use to, to get their financial house in order. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so... This concept of Bitcoin being the answer to this inflation problem. Walk me through it. Bitcoin's been around for 13 years now, and we haven't really talked empirical data about Bitcoin in a while, but Bitcoin over the last 13 years, on average, every year, increased in value 100%. Just like my love for you. <laughs> <laughs> like I was saying in the intro, people have been programmed with this like cognitive dissonance. I see a certain number going up, that's good. I see another number going up, that's bad. They tend to go up together, but people don't register it. <laughs> 
I only like the one that helps me. Right. And so what Bitcoin has done is Bitcoin has finally put a mechanism into the market. The entire world economy now has this tool at its disposal to measure everything else against. And now that we can measure everything else against the same thing, it's going to be able to reprogram that cognitive dissonance. And the way that it's going to do that is people are going to see this Bitcoin number go up for the rest of their lives. It's going to go up and down short term, but on the long term, it's going to be one of those things like when I was a kid, Bitcoin was only... Right. We used, you know, people say that about the dollar now. It's like I used to buy a turkey dinner for 25 cents. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Yeah. The price of things are going to go up forever. We have put ourselves in a debt trap. We're going to always have to print more money to pay off the money that we borrowed. And so because of that inflation, I mean, if we can keep it at around 10%, that's going to be great. But what Bitcoin gives us is this metric to tell us how fast those dollars are actually depreciating. And right now it's a very volatile scale and measurement, but as more and more people adopt Bitcoin, the volatility will go away and you will eventually reach this fair market price, everything. We will be able to find the real cost of everything in the world. And that will be such a massive boost to the world economy. Absolutely, it would create so many efficiencies. So ultimately the Bitcoin that we're seeing right now is not going to be the Bitcoin that we see once the majority of people in the country or the planet are using Bitcoin. Exactly. So what will it look like? How much will the price of Bitcoin change? Will it be every time there's a halving? Um, I mean, the halving will play into it, but it'll play into it less and less. The thing that's going to change the most is that while we all call it the United States dollar, there's always been a slang word for the dollar. Buckets or ducats or whatever, you know, dinero. Like people just throw slang words onto money. I believe that the current culture is going to throw Bitcoin and cryptocurrency terms onto the concept of money. It's going to happen really fast. I believe that people are going to be calling dollars sats. When the United States dollar starts behaving like the currency in Turkey is behaving right now, which it will, everyone's going to want to run to a safe haven. And by that time, I think Bitcoin will be so dominant that it really won't be a conversation about should I be picking up Ether or XRP or whatever. It'll only be Bitcoin. But at that same time, when everyone needs it, the price is going to be so high that if you have one Bitcoin, you are going to be so ridiculously wealthy, they'll only be talking about the smaller denomination and the smallest of them is Satoshi's a set. So I think that when everyone needs to get Bitcoin, that's when the the language will change and we'll we'll be talking in sats. And then by then you'll just be exchanging sats. What are the other denominations? There really aren't any. 100 million Satoshi's makes up a Bitcoin. They try to have a bunch of other things like centibit and millibit and all that fun stuff. No one uses those. It's sat. Sat has already won in the Bitcoin community. Like it's just organically surface that that's what we call the lowest denominated piece of Bitcoin. And all the other ones don't really matter. It's either you got one sat or one Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In the next five years, having one Bitcoin is going to be a very big deal. They're, They're going to be very rare. If you think about it, there's only 21 million. So there's only 21 million possible people who could hold one Bitcoin if they was all distributed equally. There's, there's like 60 million in the, the yellow, the Yangtze river Delta alone, where all the electronics come from today, right? Like Shenzhen and Hong Kong, the whole area. There's, that's a very small part of the population. It's possible to acquire one Bitcoin today. Like if you sat down and said, I want to have a Bitcoin in 
two years, you could probably do it. Or if you had money in somewhere else or if and you, you have, wanted to move it into Bitcoin, it yeah, would probably yeah. be... A, you might end up with more than one Bitcoin today, right? right? If you're yeah. moving like a 401k exactly. or something, right? Okay. But that's only for the next, I would say, five years max. Max is five years because in there, there's a halving. After the next halving, it's going to be very challenging to have one Bitcoin. And those people are going to be, as time goes on, more and more venerated if you're even going to be a person that's willing to admit that you have one Bitcoin. How do you feel watching everything that, you know, you've just talked about play out Mm -hmm. and then you're trying to talk to people about Bitcoin and they look at you like you're crazy? There's no rules to being a Bitcoiner, right? Except acquire Bitcoin. But I think one of the unofficial rules is you're supposed to try to, you're supposed to try to help people, at least help them understand this new thing. I understand why people look at me Like, I'm crazy because that was my reaction the first time that it was like put in front of me as a thing to think about. And so I don't really fault anybody for that. I think for people who you have multiple interactions with over long periods of time where we can see what's playing out in Bitcoin. It's not even like (laughs) me saying these things are going to happen. It's like they have happened and you're still looking at me like I'm crazy. Then we're in a different situation. Then we're like, in a well, then I can't talk to you because this is like really important and you need to understand this and you're not understanding the information that's coming in to you. I think one-time conversations with people, I'll do those all day. I'd rather do them over the podcast to <laughs> millions of people, right? Yes. <laughs> but one-off conversations I enjoy because I like seeing people's faces and I can see when it clicks and I can see when they start applying it to how to you them. You get so excited. You're right. Like, Babe, I talked to this person and then they asked that question. And then when they asked that question, I knew they got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's a really good feeling. There's a lot of things that I've like been interested in my life that I've like talked to other people about. And I wanted them to get it and I saw them get it. And when they got it, I didn't get the same feeling as I get when I see someone get Bitcoin. It's almost like I feel like, all right, you're going to be okay. I find it like a very interesting check that you can do on a person. Like I've helped one person. Yeah, it's not even that I've helped them. It's like I can learn so much about you by talking to you about one subject. I'm not even talking to you about it. I'm trying to teach you about it. And it lets me learn so much about a person, their curiosity, their willingness to change their opinion, openness, like all these things where it's like this check that, all right, you're probably a good guy and you're going to make and I'll see you later. But if you have a one-off and you don't get that feeling, you're like, man, I might not see that guy. You're not doing great today. Yeah, it's sad. (laughs) So like when I do see people get it, that's why I get such a good feeling because if they get Bitcoin and they start looking at Bitcoin, the Bitcoin world is screaming all these things, inflation, financial stability, long-term thinking, right? And if so if you get pushed into that world and if you change your social media algorithm to the Bitcoin echo chamber, it's going to like make you a better person and make you think about things differently that's going to help you versus putting you in the Justin Bieber echo chamber. It's just shift. You can be in both. You can be in both, <laughs> but... I promise you Justin has Bitcoin. I don't, I don't know and I don't care per se, but like... It's such an interesting thing that you can just talk to a person about because we have so many like trivial conversations, but at least this thing is like most people are curious about it. And it's very real. And it's something that it's scary because you do see the value of the dollar going down constantly and you do see people 
talking about the housing market. We went through it. Like, it's just crazy. And and you know people that are benefiting from it, and you know the people who are really suffering from it. And with Bitcoin, it's so cheap right now. It's so cheap right now. And I can't imagine how people are going to feel five years from now if we were someone that was trying to convince them and they ignored it. <laughs> it's just... An, it's just a very awkward situation to be in because I don't want to sound like someone who's crazy and trying to sell them a pyramid scheme. But people who have not embraced Bitcoin yet think it's a pyramid scheme. They think it's a lot of things. And again, as we talked about like in some of the very first episodes, there's just a lot of FUD, right? There's just a lot that they have to battle through. And if you think about the past couple of years and this like onslaught of fake news and that's fake news and that's mm. not fake news and fact checkers and all this stuff like we're arguing about what's true and then out of all of that comes this thing called bitcoin that's like what is this this uh, you know what i'm not gonna spend any time that's obviously <laughs> fake right like everyone like that's fake right like we can all agree that that's fake they're not wrong in that because they've been just inundated with craziness lately so when i see people get it it's like okay yeah you're gonna be okay okay but you gotta keep going (laughs) you gotta keep going you can't just say i get it and then like not go buy some or read some books or stuff like that like you gotta you gotta be in it and the more you're in it the more you realize this is not working right now for me i feel hopeful And like have so much conviction because I've gotten to the point now where I don't really see another alternative. There really is no alternative. Even if there was, even if there's an alternative that's better, it doesn't exist right now. And for it to be brought to the masses and explained to everybody and like whatever, like we don't have time to do that. We don't have time for that anymore. So Bitcoin is here, the best option we got. And because of that, I'm so hopeful that like we'll be okay. I don't think a lot of people have that feeling. And I, I don't have that feeling yet. Guess I'm not doing my job. You're getting getting me there, but it's still it's a little unbelievable. I mean, it's just like falling in love. So yeah, I don't know, maybe I have commitment issues, babe. <laughs> I see it right in front of me. It wants to love me. It wants to give me everything I need. And I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, let's just take a little longer. (laughs) Get to know each other a little more. And the thing about that is you're actually exhibiting Bitcoiner behavior when you do that. Because Bitcoiners are low time preference. You're like, I'm going to see this play out. But you're not saying no. No, I'm not saying no. I'm not rooting against it. Exactly. I would love for this to work out. (laughs) You're just, you have a long-term mentality and you're applying it to your conviction level. And you just don't consume as much Bitcoin news and information as I do. And if you did, I'm sure you'd be right where I am, (laughs) right? Because I get so much of it that it starts to repeat. The stuff that's new to me is like getting shrinkingly and shrinkingly smaller. And that's why I'm the one who asks questions on this podcast and you're the one who answers them. Exactly. (laughs) 